Praise God. Well, listen, give me just a few minutes because really, everything I really wanted to say today, the Lord took care of already. So I'm just going to, what, confirm? I'm going to confirm what the Spirit did because the Spirit's going to be confirmed by the Word and I don't know how it all works, but it'll be good. Remember last week I talked about something that was pretty, I, I felt was pretty important and significant in the body of life, body of Christ about getting back to our first love. Because getting back to our first love, everything needs to be an overflow of that relationship. And we get so tired up and so overwhelmed with life sometimes, we get our focus off of Him. And, and listen, I'm not, you can't live with your head in the clouds. You, you've got to, we live on this planet. You've got to go to work. You've got to do these things. But our source, our strength, all of that's got to be the Lord. And so we talked about getting back to your first love. And because we talked about 2 Timothy 3.1, and I'm not going to read it, but there's, we're living in perilous times. I mean, things, things are wonky. Things are upside down. Things are going sideways. But if you focus on that, you're going to be unhappy, miserable person a lot. If you are always focused on everything, every problem, every tribulation, everything that you're going through, you're going to be unhappy a lot. Because that ha- life happens a lot. But the steady constant in our lives is the Lord. And I know even in the middle of it, the Lord can give us peace and joy, even in our struggle. So the second thing I wanted to talk about today, give me just a few minutes. One thing we've got to do is we have to remember His love. You've got to remember what the Lord has done. And you need to rejoice. The Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. No matter what your situation, no matter what you're going through, you can rejoice in the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you something. God doesn't put sickness, disease, cancer in your body to teach you something. But through that, you can learn something. Okay? You can learn strength. You can learn, you know, the Lord has put every one of us at a point in time in our life. This last couple of years... We've had situations even in my own family. Do you know, as men, we like to figure things out. We like to conquer things. And as spiritual people, as men and women of God, we like to figure things out. We like to take the lead. My, my MO for anything, if it's a problem, you destroy it. Kill it! What if the problem happens to be your spouse? Or your kids? Or you! You see, here's the thing. I've been put in a position where there's some things I can't fix. And guess what? I've got to trust God, even in the midst of it. And that's the hardest thing for some people to do, is to do nothing. Well, you know, you're supposed to be doing something. No, when the Lord says, be still and know that I'm God, that means you've got to be still. And that is hard for some people to do. It's hard. But sometimes we just need to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to rejoice and be glad. This is a day you've made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And everything else going on around here, that's your deal. I'm not making it my deal. We take too much on ourselves. It says this. We need to remember his love and we need to rejoice. John 15 says, as the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. That word abide means to stay, remain, dwell in his love. Even when you think that I have done something so wrong, 
God can't love me. That is not the truth. His love will not fail you. Now, I do want to say this. Don't get confused. The Lord will always love you. But if you're doing things that are outside the parameters of the Word of God, God will not and cannot bless that. Got really quiet in this charismatic church all of a sudden. Outside of His Word. I, look, I didn't write it. Take it up with Him. But... Does that mean he does not love you? No. He still loves you even out there. When you're a wreck, he loves you. All he's doing is saying, hey, look at me. Turn back to me. I've got this if you'll give it to me. But no, I want to do it my way. And he says, well, then you do it your way. And eat the fruit of that. I don't know. I don't know about you. Have you ever had sour grapes? Some of you like sour stuff. I've had sour grapes. You know, I mean... I've eaten, sometimes, you know, like at night I'll eat grapes or fruit or something, and sometimes you get fruit that's moldy or something, and I, it's in the dark and I can't see it, and I know all of a sudden I get... That's kind of what it tastes like when you're doing your own things. You do your own thing and things don't always turn out so well. All you've got to do is listen. He's, not, he's never going to leave you or forsake you. He loves you. Turn to Him. Re repent. It's done. It's done. Quit walking around in condemnation, will you? I messed up. Okay, you messed up. Lord, forgive me. Okay, I forgive you. Let's move on, shall we? But see, so many people want to dwell in that. But see, remember, it says abide. We need to stay in His love because I believe this with all my heart. If we're walking in His love, I mean, and I'm talking about getting back to our first love and that relationship with Him, it's so much easier to love others. And that's really what we need to be doing anyway. Listen, love others, not standing in agreement with everything that others are doing. Okay, we've got this whole false sense of Christianity today about, well, I've just got to accept everything that comes down the pipe because that shows that I'm a loving, caring Christian. No, 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 and no. You can love people, but you do not have to accept anything that's not godly or of God or biblical. Got quiet again. That's okay. We'll move on. Now, I want you to look at this. Do you know you can live without the Word, but it's not going to go well? You can live, if you know, oh, let me go on. Let me go on. I'll get to my next point, my next little thing. Now, look what it says in John 15, and I'm in verse 10. If you keep my commandments. Now, immediately we say, if you keep my commandments, we're thinking, okay, if you keep the Ten Commandments and you live under the law and you do everything just right, then, no, if you allow the Word of God to be the guide, guiding force in your life, I want to ask anybody, has anybody here perfected that yet? Allowing God, allowing walking in the Word, have you perfected that yet? Really? Me either. But you are, you are definitely making an effort to allow this Word to become life in your life, and you're allowing this Word to, to, you're trying to walk in this word and do what this word says and be obedient to the word. That is the commandments he's talking about. If you're walking in this word, it says, you will abide in my love just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you. Now look at this. That my joy, the joy of the Lord, the Lord joy of Jesus Christ may remain in you and your joy may be full. 
I don't know where else on the planet you go to get that joy. Let me tell you something. There were some people that came through this door today that were broken. The Holy Spirit did some things, and they may still be facing the same situation when they leave here, but they've got some peace and joy. Where? From the Holy Ghost. See, so we need to abide in that. Now, it says, if you keep my commandments, if you're obedient to His Word, do you know, Word only works if you apply it to your life. It's like if you burn yourself, and you've got this ointment for the burn right here, but you don't apply it, it's not going to work. And let me give you a better example for the Eastern Upper Peninsula. You could be out in the woods, and we have bugs. we got mosquitoes and black flies that will carry you away. And you got a can of off, and you don't apply it, your life's going to be miserable yeah. out in the woods with the black flies. You apply it, things go much better. Here's the thing. When, you're, when you apply it, and of course, I don't know about you, but I spray it around my head, and if I could eat it, I would. <laughs> but they're buzzing, they're buzzing around you, but they're not buzzing you. And that's exactly what the Word does. The enemy can buzz around, but he can't bite. Because of this Word. If you're applying it to your life. See, we will abide in His love, not only experiencing His love, but able to show others His love. The joy will remain in you. We can walk in the fullness of joy no matter what our circumstance. And I'm telling you, we've got all kinds of people around here and give a testimony of that. You know, I've known people that have lost spouses. I know people that have lost children. And today, devastating. But today, they still have joy. And they still have peace. They still suffer in losses. There's still a, an empty spot. Absolutely. But they can still have joy and peace in the middle of your circumstance. But too many times we dwell on stuff that is insignificant. Let me read Psalms 34.3 to you. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Look at this. I sought the Lord and He heard me. Shocking. He me, He hears you when you pray? Uh-huh. And guess what? He delivered me from all my fears. Your worries, your worries, your doubt. He delivers you from your fear. Why? Oh, now this is a key word. Magnify the Lord. It doesn't say, oh, magnify my situation and my problem. We're good at that. Magnify the Lord in your situation. Because, again, there's just some things that you can't fix right now. Now, what you can do, you do. The rest you've got to leave to the Lord. The thing of it is, is that even in the midst of you fixing it, you can still walk in peace because the Lord's going to have to end up doing something anyway. See, we're talking about we want revival, we want revival, we want revival. Revival's happening in 90% of the people are missing it because they're expecting this big blowout right here in the front of the church. Oh, revival's breaking out. Revival's breaking out. Listen, last week in a service, service the first service in Cedarville, there's a gal that came up. She came up, was at the altar. She cried. She went back. She went home, posted on Facebook everywhere. For over a year and a half, I have been running from God. I am done running. I'm done running from the call. Lord, I am yours. And people say, oh, that's nice. No, that's revival. What are you looking for? We're looking for this big explosion that, that makes us feel good. 
I felt revival took place this morning. So what are you looking at? What are you looking for? I truly believe that revival is in those little things that you see that people, most people think are insignificant. David and Vanessa Leach, they're little preemie. She was born three months early. Three months early. I mean, I've never seen, I didn't think they make diapers. They're, never seen anything like it. She just went back down in Grand Rapids and got tested. And for preemies, they're looking at all this testing. They'd like about an 80 to 85% average. This girl tested over 121, 125, and 115 in all of her tests. That is a miracle. The other miracle is, it's amazing she's alive. There's no way she was supposed to live. Because we went down when she was born, and I mean, I, I'd, never, I, I'd never seen anything that little. Not a human, that little in my life. Just, it's amazing. It's a miracle. And so let's, let's give the Lord credit. See, we need to make God bigger than our circumstance. How do you do that? You've got to get back to your first love and quit being distracted. Distractions are everywhere. And it tries to get your focus off of everything but Him. Give you an example. You ever decided, you know what? I'm going to take, maybe you have, brother. I'm going to take 10 minutes. I'm going to go pray. Yeah, you st- the minute you close your eyes, say, Dear Lord, a hundred things come into your mind. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. The telephone rings and that. And it's, and it's, never, it's never something simple. It's a crisis. Got to deal with it right now. Yeah. No, you know what? I'm gonna, I, exactly. And listen, I understand this. I understand this. Do you know, I almost went through withdrawals, leaving my phone at home when my wife and I went for a walk. (laughs) It's a terrible testimony, but it's the truth. Because in that little 15, 20, 30-minute walk that we take, I was convinced that if something happened, I had to be there, and I had to know about it, and I had to fix it. And... And so when we first started walking, the phone rings. She'd say, just don't answer it. I'd break into a cold sweat. (laughs) So now I just leave it at home. (laughs) We've got to magnify the Lord in our situations. Exactly right. (laughs) Exactly right. Psalms 511. But let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. Rejoice means be delighted, be glad. We've got to trust in him and his word, and we can rejoice and be glad. Listen, I'd love to tell you that as a Christian, nothing bad's ever going to happen. Life is just going to be easy. No, life is hard, and life is hard for everybody. Saved, unsaved, doesn't matter. Now, when you become a Christian, we've got a little extra enemy there because the enemy comes hard. But we can still rejoice in the Lord and magnify Him because if you spend... I want you to think about this. Why is it that we all are waiting for someday I'm going to be happy? If I, Once I get to this financial place in my life, I'm going to have peace and joy. Once we get this much done in life, then I can do this. Once I get, do you know what? There's always going to be issues and always going to be problems. You better find your joy today if you're going to have any. Because joy isn't, it's something that people look out, I can have peace and joy. 
It's out there somewhere. No, it's, it's in here. I'm trying hard. Unless I'm not preaching to you because I'm preaching to me because we're at a point in life now. Dean and I look at each other sometimes and say, are we enjoying life? Are we really enjoying life? And I'm not talking about the business in, in life. Life happens. Life happens to everybody. Are we really enjoying life? Because as Christians, we should be. We should have peace and we should have joy. We experience life like everybody else. But we have the one true living God living in us. The Holy Spirit is with us, guides us, strengthens us, encourages us. We ought to be able to have joy. You know, one thing we've done at our house is when struggles come, we have a pizza party, man. We make homemade pizza and chocolate malls. Then I go run 10 miles. So what do we do? We have determined we will move in the opposite spirit of what's trying to come against us. People coming against you, I'm going to walk in love. Yes, sir. You bet. Isn't, isn't it amazing how when you look back on something, you can see the Lord's hand in some things? And I'm not broke. And, you know, yeah. The company's not broke, and nobody's falling apart. And we just did it. And, uh, and, and, mm. and so, so you can rejoice in that. So listen, but you know, one of the things is, I'm going to use that as a great example. There is so many times this man will testify in his life that God delivered him, God brought him through things. Why is it we forget that? We forgot that he brought it through. We forgot that he fed us manna. Forgot that he gave us quail. Forgot that he brought us through the Red Sea. We're certainly going to die here this time, right? No, we've got to remember and rejoice where the Lord's brought us through because he's not going to leave you where you're at. He's going to keep you moving forward. Some things to remember to help you rejoice. Psalms 100 verse 5. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. God is good. Sometimes we need to just tell ourselves, God is good. Even in the middle of my circumstance, God is good. He is good. The second one, then, this is a hard one. Philippians 4, one, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my beloved and long for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord. It is so easy. Philippians 4, verse 1. It's so easy for us to get taken out of that place of standing fast. We're going to have to stand fast to rejoice in the days we're living in. 
We need to rejoice in Him. Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. We have some reasons to rejoice. We need to remember. Remember. What's the Lord done for you? Listen, I remember when I got born again. I was so excited. I was so happy. It was such an overwhelming. And, and you know, I wasn't. It was one of those things. I was a successful guy, and things were going okay in my life. And, you know, by the world standards, hey, I was off and running and doing great. But there was something missing. But I was so, so rejoiced in that. And, and I remember for months and months and months and months, I was so excited. And, and I had some well-meaning, crusty old religious people that would say, well, won't be long, and you'll stop all that enthusiasm stuff. You know, you're just like a little puppy, just all excited. Well, it hadn't stopped. I'm still excited about Jesus. You know? Why do you, why, we forget and rejo rejoice in the Lord today. Rejoice again. Because I'm telling you something. When we can walk in the joy of the Lord, don't tell me people that aren't walking in joy don't see it. They say, why is it that you're dealing with what you're dealing with and you still got faith and you're still walking in joy and you still got peace? I mean, I was there. The doctors and nurses, they, they didn't get it. You know, and God bless them for their skill, but they just didn't get, they didn't understand what we were saying about, you know, hey, you go in there and you see something, it's not there, you leave them alone. Like, like yeah, well, it's there. Well, no, you're not understanding what I'm saying. People won't understand the joy and the peace you have. And guess what? That'll be an opportunity to share that. And so, verse 5, let your gentleness be known to all men, the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing and rejoice. Be anxious for nothing by but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I'm going to tell you something. That, that word anxious, you're not going to like it, but it means worry. That's what it means. And it says in verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind. And this is the one that we need to allow God to protect Again, he'll guard your hearts and your minds. Because I don't know about you. I can have the best day. I can have a day in the Lord. I can have all this joy. And I get to that place at night when I'm tired. And I lay my head down. I'm like, I'm just exhausted. And I lay my head down. And the minute I close my eyes, a hundred things shoot into my head. All of a sudden, I'm wide awake. But it's why? Because I'm meditating on this. I'm thinking about that. I'm worrying about that. I'm anxious about this. And what do I do about this? And all of a sudden... Then all of a sudden you're saying, well, I can't sleep. And then you're up half the night. Why? Because you're being anxious. We need to allow the Lord to protect our minds. And, and again, I, I want to just tell you, well, you just lay your head down and tell the Lord it's His and go to sleep. It's not quite that easy. I know it's a fight. I know it's a fight. But we win. Anxious for nothing. See, that English word worry is de derived from a word that means divide. The enemy's trying to divide your mind. I'm in faith, I'm not in faith. I'm in faith, I'm in fear. I'm, I've got it, I don't got it. That's double-minded. And, and when you're double-minded that way, and again, I'm not saying you evil thing, you're, you're unstable in all your ways. Your decision-making is not stable at that point. Do you know how many people have been pushed into bad decisions by things like this? Now, find the peace of God. I'm going to tell you if, you, never, if you don't get anything else out of this sermon today, get this. The Lord leads by peace. The enemy pushes. 
Okay, the Lord leads by peace. He leads you with peace. The enemy tries to push. So you get to a place where you're trying to make a decision, you're feeling push, 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 pressure, pressure. That does not come from God. Find your peace, then make a decision. Thanks. If you don't get anything else today, divided mind. See, worry can lead to anxiety. And the Lord says, don't be anxious. So we need to remember today, and I'm going to close now. We need to remember today. The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. He loves you today. We need to get back to our first love. We need to rejoice and remember. Remember the goodness of God in your life. The goodness of God will bring us right to repentance. His goodness. He's good. Some of you really need to get a hold of this because maybe you've done some dumb things in your life. Okay. God's still good. He's still there. His mercy endures forever. He loves you. His grace is sufficient for you. If you haven't blasphemed the Holy Spirit, there's still hope. And how do I blaspheme the Holy Spirit? If you ask that question, you don't ever have to worry about doing it. It's not something you oopsie into. When I first got saved, I was afraid of that. I was afraid I'm going to oopsie into blaspheming the Holy Spirit sometime. No. No, you'll absolutely know what you're doing consciously and the whole nine yards, so you don't have to worry about that. But know the Lord is good. He loves you. His mercy endures forever. So when you're in your situation you're in, First thing you've got to ask yourself is this. Who put me in this situation? Did I put me in this situation? If you put you yourself in this situation, the Lord will still get you out of the situation if you'll turn to Him. You know, one thing people, it's, it's funny because people come to me all the time and they say, Pastor, I've got this situation and, you know, and, and, and I, I just can't get it fixed and blah, blah, blah. And say, well, what are you doing? How are you living? Where are you at spiritually? Well, you're, and, and people like to hear, well, that's sin and you need to get out of that, you know. Um, you need to stop doing that. It's like people hit, you know, somebody get, grab their hammer and just start hammering their, their thumb. You probably never experienced this. Hammering their thumb with a hammer. <laughs> say, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. Well, stop doing that. Stop doing what you know is contrary to what the Word of God says. I'm going to tell you this. I don't care what laws or society says they think is right or wrong. There's only one absolute truth that I know on this planet, and it is the Word of God. And that's what we have to live by. Are we perfect in it? No. But that's got to be our foundation right here. Otherwise, you're tossed to and fro with every wind that blows by. Because right now, there's a doctrine on this planet that is whatever is truth to me is truth. Whatever is right to me is right. Whatever is wrong to me is wrong. Where's the guidelines in any of that? It's got to be this word. So can you rejoice? Can you remember what God has brought you through, where God has, has brought you in where you're at in Him now and rejoice in that, knowing that He's not going to leave you there. He's going to continue to move you forward if you allow Him to. As a Christian, every day should be joyful. 
Now, I'm not talking about you're walking around like a cheerleader doing cheers because there's just some days that are tough. They're tough. But in the midst of that distraction and disaster, you know, when you got your truck stolen and wrecked, in the middle of that, Carol was chuckling. Gary, not so much. <laughs> but in the, and I'm not saying that, you know, like you're some kind of a psycho, you know. But can you find joy in the midst of all of it? That's our God. That's the love he has for you. He'll protect you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. Rejoice in the Again, I say, rejoice. You know, and it's not easy having kids and raising kids. It's not. In the midst of when kids are being kids, can you rejoice that you've got kids? You know how many don't? That would like to? We need to be rejoicing in everything that God has done for us, everything God has given us. Remember when He provided this. Remember those things? Is He still your provider? Has He stopped? No. He's going to continue. Let's pray. Father, we thank You so much that we can rejoice and be glad because, Lord, You love us. Help us, Lord, to get back to our first love, you, in that relationship with you. And let us rejoice every day for what you've done for us and what you've done in us. And Lord, help us to continue to grow and move forward in your joy and in your peace. Lord, trying to walk out this word with the help of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that today people leave this place free and full of joy. Go out this door rejoicing in the Lord because He's their Savior. He's their King. He's their everything. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for hanging in there today. Um, awesome, awesome. God moves like this, and I, I so appreciate you guys allowing the Holy Spirit to move and just believe in God. Huh? Oh, Yes. We have food in the back. You don't even have to go out for lunch. Let me pray for the food and you're dismissed to the back. Please, if you didn't bring anything, please stay and fellowship if you can. Father, we ask for your blessings on the food. Set it apart. Make it good for our use, Lord. We declare we will use the strength we gain from it to glorify your name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, well, God bless you. Go fellowship. Go eat. Good sermon. Thank you.